Welcome to the Vail Christian Church Podcast. Pastor Ben Pitney has a message titled, Open My Eyes, Prayer. Join us in Psalm 119, verses 17 through 24. At Vail Christian Church, we believe in training followers of Christ to worship, gather, give, and serve. Good morning. It's good to see you today. Take your Bible out and turn to Psalm 119. That's where we're going to be today. And I told you we're going to talk about prayer. We're actually, this Sunday and next Sunday, I'm going to talk about prayer and reading your Bible. The emphasis today is about prayer while you're reading your Bible. It's been on my heart for a while, and uh, uh, so we're going to draw the truth of, about these things out of the text, uh, text out of Psalm 119. Now, I'm not going to spend lots of time telling you about Psalm 119 in terms of its context and all those kinds of things, but it is brilliant if uh, you can speak or write or read Hebrew, it's way more brilliant than it is when you read it in English, but um, it is still really um, an, a really exciting and brilliant psalm. It's, um, it's, it's written definitely like an acrostic, like uh, utilizing all the letters in the uh, Hebrew alphabet. Um, it's really unique in the way it's put together. It's uh, the guy that wrote this is a genius. We don't know exactly who wrote it. A lot of people think David wrote it. There's plenty of others. Um, that could have written this psalm. We don't know exactly who did, but it is, um, it's, it's the longest chapter in the Bible. Um, it's really put together uniquely, and I would encourage you just to read it over and over again and do your own little study in it. I'm just going to draw out um, what we're going to talk about just from a few verses, verses 17 through 24, and I would love for you to read it with me. Um, if you have your Bible, um, you should open it up and do that, okay? Um, rather than just listening to me, I want you to read it for yourself. In particular, this message um, is designed to motivate you that way. So starting in verse um, 17, and by the way, I'm going to focus on verse 18, just so you know if you're going to do any underlining or anything like that, Okay. Starting in verse 17, it says, Be kind to your servant, then I will live and keep your instructions. Open my eyes so I can truly see the marvelous things in your law or your word. I am a resident foreigner in this land. Do not hide your commands from me. I desperately long to know your regulations at all times. You reprimand arrogant people. Those who stray from your commands are doomed. Spare me shame and humiliation, for I observe your rules. The rulers plot and slander me. Your servant meditates on your statutes. Yes, I find delight in your rules. They give me guidance. I collapse in the dirt. Revive me with your word. I told you about my ways and you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Help me to understand your pre- what your precepts mean. Then I can meditate on your marvelous teachings. So, you know, it is written like a song. It's written like a prayer, um, all kinds of things. 
are like that. And you can tell right away just from this portion of scripture, if you read the whole thing, he's highly concerned with and um, God's word. He uses words like laws, precepts, instructions, rules, God's word, all of these things, because God's word is important to the psalmist. Highly important, vital, I would say. And so um, my, my first point in drawing this out is I want to encourage you to pray. I, I want to show you how it's connected to reading God's word. Reading God's word is not an easy thing, but I am pretty confident if you have been here for very long, you know how reluctant I am, how much I really don't like to the point of, I think I come across a little agitated once in a while about it. I don't like to put it up on the screen. Okay, and I've explained myself. I don't like to put the scriptures on the screen. I do, but I do it reluctantly because I don't want to contribute to any bad habits, like not bringing your Bible to church. <laughs> okay, and so you know it, we we get in bad habits because we because God's word is so available to us in on our phone and our tablets and things. And I've surrendered to that. I'm fine with that. But um, I also think that, you know, if I just keep putting it up here, then you have no reason to look at it for yourself. So I, you, I, I feel like I, I badger us a little bit about it, right? I, I, I kind of do. Now, now you know, peop, some people would say it's okay, it's fine. And most of the time, those are people that read God's word, <laughs> And they're like, yeah, come on, you know, but I don't want to shame you. I really don't. I come across, I kind of do, I guess. <laughs> I want to motivate you. Know, I want to encourage you. I really, really do. I really do. That is my heart. I, I don't want to beat you up about it, but I, today I want to show you just how vital God's word is to the life of a Christ follower and how prayer is connected to God's word. It's inseparable, Okay. And, and the psalmist, the, psalm, uh, the psalmist is going to show us this, okay? Uh, verse 18, uh, under, under my first point, things that we can learn from, from, from this psalm. In verse 18 in particular, verse 18, open my eyes so I can truly see the marvelous things in your law, in your word. Now, the word law here is Torah, and, and it, it, it means instructions or teaching in the psalm, all right? This body of teaching in the psalm, that's God's word, right? In the New Testament, um, it, would, uh, it would be didache or the body of teaching, the gospel, the body of, of teaching um, God's word in the New Testament, right? So, so here we are, the, the word law is instruction or teaching. There are marvelous things in God's teaching to us, the psalmist is saying already. In fact, they're so marvelous that when you really see them, they change you profoundly and empower purity in your life. They empower love and purpose. That's what the teachings do when they're installed in your heart, okay? Which is why reading and knowing and meditating and memorizing the Word of God is so vital. It's so crucial in our lives. You cannot be a follower of Jesus and be separated from Bible reading and prayer, I don't think, and, and, and be a mature 
pure, loving, purposeful Christ follower. You can't do it. You're just going to be an immature person. And so quite honestly, wow, the church is full of that. It really is. Um, it's, it's kind of a shame because, you know, when you think about your grandparents' church, it wasn't like that as much, was it? Somehow we used to um, memorize and, and study the scriptures a little differently, but there's so many resources available to us to make it so easy that we get lazy. So no one can see, though, these marvelous things for what they really are without God's help as well. This is what the psalmist is writing. Open my eyes so I can truly see the marvelous things in your law. Open my eyes. That's his prayer. If God doesn't open our eyes, we will not see the incredible marvelous things in his word. If he doesn't open up our eyes. Okay. <clears throat> We don't naturally see spiritual marvels. This doesn't come natural to us. There's a reason for that. When we read the Bible without the help of God, we're pretty blind to the glory of God in the teachings and the events of the Bible, actually. We're blind if our spiritual eyes are not open. Not that you can't construe its surface meanings. We can do that. You're smart people, right? But you can't see the incredible marvel, the beauty, the depth, the richness right, that is there, the glory of it, unless it captures your heart. God's word must capture your heart, must be installed in your heart. And I I would say the Christ follower needs to be saturated by the truth of God's word. We must pray to God to open us up and reveal its truth to us. When we read the Bible, we must pray. Actually, that's the part that I want to get to. It's inseparable. Open my eyes so I can truly, truly, right, see the marvelous things in your life. So I can really see, absolutely see the marvelous things in your life, in in the teachings, Since we are helpless in ourselves to see spiritual beauty and the marvelous things of God in the teachings and the events of the Bible without God's gracious help revealing it to us, we should ask him for it. When is the last time you prayed, God, would you open my eyes so I could really see it? I mean, you know, it sounds like, oh yeah, of course we should do that. But have you been intentional about doing that? The psalmist, actually, I think you, you can see, if you read and study the longest chapter in the Bible, by the way, man, this is a big deal to this guy. It's huge. It's, it's top priority. I'm going to show you that. I'm going to end with that. Really, how do we know it's his highest priority? I'll show you in a minute. Now, there's, there's three steps here, though, in this asking for your eyes to be open. I, I want to focus on prayer I want us to see this profound truth. The word is crucial for living a godly or a God word life. Life that leads, you know, um, um, towards living like God would want, want us to be. 
like a Christ follower should, full of power and meaning here on this earth. And we can't even see what the, the word really is without God's supernatural help. So, 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 so we need to be people of daily prayer that God would do whatever he must do to get the marvels of God's word into our hearts and into our lives. How does he get in there? It just doesn't happen. You have to work at it, right? So I want, you to, I want to show you three steps, one at a time, and see... See them confirmed and illustrated in other parts of the Bible as well as right here in Psalm 119. But um, how, how do you do this? How, do, how does this work? How are we supposed to go about this? There's three, three steps. Number one here is the word is crucial to purity in our life in Christ. Purity is a big deal here. That, that's the first point. Seeing the word and knowing it and having it in us is vital. It's critical to living a life of purity and love and power for the purposes of God. We all want to be purposeful. We want our lives to be purposeful. And if you're a Christ follower, you want it to be purposeful for God. That's how you were designed. Look back at verse 11. Just go up in the chapter to verse 11 or go back. He says, in my heart, I store up your words, store up your words so I might not sin against you. I store up your words, I store up your teachings, I store up the word of God, the truths of God, so that I might not sin. How do we avoid sin in our lives? By installing the word of God in our hearts. By installing the word of God. Are you struggling with simple things? How many people mess up their lives by not meditating and, 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 and saturating and memorizing the word of God? I mean, honestly... I, I speak with people all the time, and, and it's true in my life, and it's true in your life. I can, I believe, truthfully say that everything in your life that you are stressed out about, I can trace it all the way back to a lack of time spent in God's Word. I really can. I believe that with all my heart. Everything that you're stressed out about, why you're stressed out about it in particular, I can trace it back to a lack of time spent in God's word. Well, I spend time in God's word. Well, maybe you need to spend more. I mean, most people think, well, if I spend a little bit of time in God's word, I mean, I think it takes much more than we are disciplined to do. Do you want to be pure from sin? That is, do you want power to overcome sin and stress and 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 live a life of radical godliness and sacrificial love and devotion towards the cause of, of, of Christ, then get on track. God has ordained, God has, I'm gonna say it like this, God has assigned a way to godliness and power and the way to get there is by installing the Bible in our hearts. And I would also say that he's assigned prayer as a way to get there too. Meditate, memorize, preserve. How many more words can I use? Cherish, treasure, value, highly care about the commandments, the warnings, the promises, the precepts, the rules, the instructions, the laws in, in, uh, of God in the scripture. His heart is all there. And it's not easy. It's not. I get it. It's not easy. But most things that are worth doing are not easy, right? Summiting a great mountain, it's not easy. 
writing a really great paper or a beautiful song, it's not easy. <clears throat> Making a beautiful instrument, it's not an easy thing to do. Even making um, or cooking a special meal, I don't think it's easy. None of these things are easy, but they are worth doing and building a really good life, a pure life is worth it. And if you expect to train your children or anybody in your life or influence your family, whether you're a grandparent, great-grandparent, a parent, a single parent, you know, a broken family, all, however your family is designed, if you're going to train your kids to love God and love God's word and to love prayer, it takes disciplined training of installing God's word in their hearts. If you're not doing it on your own, you're not going to do it with your children as well. The Bible says, as plain as it gets, this comes from storing up the word of God in your heart. Verse 11, in my heart, I store up your words so I might not sin against you. You want your kids to, to be pure, to love, to do the right things. Jesus puts it like this in his his awesome, great prayer for us in John 17, verse 17. He says, Lord God, set them apart in the truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify them, some of your versions. That's what sanctified means. Set them apart in the truth. Your word is the truth. Set apart or sanctify is a biblical word for making a person pure or godly or loving, virtuous, or spiritually wise. And aren't these the things that we want for ourselves and for our children, for our families, right? So if, we're to, if we are set apart by the truth and the word of God is truth, what should we do? If a, if a doctor says, you're really sick, you look terrible, you may die of your sickness, if you just take some of this medicine, it's blood pressure medicine, right? You'll get well and you'll live. But if you neglect to take the medicine, right? I'm too busy. The pills are huge and I'm not good with pills. They're hard to swallow. I just keep forgetting. Are you going to stay sick? Yes. Are you going to die? Probably. That's the way it is with sin and spiritual immaturity as well. I mean, I don't want to be too elemental, but if you neglect what God tells you, sets you apart, and makes you mature and strong and pure, then you're not going to be any of those things, right? We have to be reading, meditating, memorizing, prioritizing the Word of God because it is God's assigned way of overcoming sin and becoming strong and godly and mature and loving and wise and purposeful. There are all kinds of marvelous things to be seen in the word of God that will transform you deeply if you really see them and install them in your heart. I thought you were talking about prayer, Ben. 
You've just been talking about God's word and installing it in your heart. Yes, well, I know I started there, and but here, here we go. Here's a second point here. We can't see, we, we cannot see without God's help, right? We're not able to see these marvelous things in the word for what they really are without God's supernatural help. We can't see without God's help because we're fallen and we're corrupt and we're dead in sin. And so we're blind and we're ignorant and we're hard. Paul describes it like this in his letter to the Ephesians. In, in Ephesians 4.18, we are darkened in our understanding, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in us due to the hardness of our hearts. Now, I put some brackets around some things because, you know, when he's actually writing this, he's saying you. <laughs> but that, I'm just reading it and receiving it. So here's the way Moses wrote about this problem. In Deuteronomy 29, verse 2, Moses uh, proclaimed to all Israel as followers, said, you've seen all the Lord did in the lands of Egypt to Pharaoh, all of his, all of his servants and his land. Your eyes have seen the great judgments, those signs and mighty wonders or marvelous things, right? But to this very day, the Lord has not given you an understanding mind, perceptive eyes, or discerning ears. Notice you have seen, but you can't see without God's supernatural work. This is our problem. We're guilty, we're corrupt, we're hard, we're ignorant. And blind without the awakening, the softening, the humbling, the purifying, the illuminating, the enlightening work of God in our lives, we will never see spiritual reality without God illuminating us and opening up our hearts' eyes. We'll never see what the Word teaches us without God's opening the eyes of our hearts and giving us spiritual senses or discernment. Of these things. The point of teaching this and knowing this is to make us desperate for God and hungry for God and to motivate us to cry out to God for his help in reading the Bible. When is the last time you cried out for God for help in reading the Bible? That's what we must do. I think it's pretty simple, but it is profound, and I find we're not doing it. We need God's supernatural help to understand it. And what, you know, have, have you ever cracked open God's word? And, and then it's just like, what? I, have, I do not get it. Well, maybe it's time to start saying, God, would you open up my eyes so I can get it? Illuminate me. Here's the next uh, point here. We need to pray for God's help to see it. So obviously, if knowing and treasuring and valuing, right, the truth of God's word is so vital and critical to being pure and loving and mature, if we, are by, na if we by nature cannot see the, all of these marvelous truths of God's word and feel the attraction of it, then we are in a desperate condition and need to pray for God to help us see it. Psalm 119.18, here we go. Open my eyes so I can truly see the marvelous things in your law, in your word. Prayer is essential. 
because it is the key to unlocking the power of the word in our lives. So prayer and God's word are connected. You cannot separate it. In other words, if you're going to live, truly live, and flesh out life in Christ, prayer is essential to doing that because the key to unlocking all of this is prayer. Prayer is the key to unlocking the word. Unless God opens our eyes to all of this, we won't be changed. We won't be transformed. The word changes and transforms. It's the truth, right? You know Bible verses that say the truth and how it sets us free and opens our eyes, right? John 17, 17. Again, Jesus, set them apart in the truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Jesus praises. 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we all with unveiled faces reflecting the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, which is from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And if we're not changed, we're not transformed into being like Christ. Ephesians 1, 17 and 18. Paul prays this way. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. In other words, I've taught you these things. I've spent time um, teaching and, 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 and mentoring and discipling you. And you've received them with your external senses. But unless you perceive it with your spiritual senses, the eyes of your heart, you're not going to be changed. He's writing to Christ followers. So it shows us that we need to keep praying until Jesus returns for spiritual eyes to see. Is there ever a time more important that you can think of than now for the need of spiritual eyes to see and to really get it? Man, I... I... I can't figure it out sometimes. I'm stupefied at what is going on in our world so often. Are you? Is it just me? I, I just can't make sense of it sometimes. I really need God to open up my eyes to the truth so that I can know, right? Okay, now, I, I, I just want to get to this last, last thing. Then... All right, Ben, since our text is Psalm 119, focused on verse 18, we need to let the psalmist show us how he prays more generally about reading, uh, his reading of the word of God. So I just want to go through and kind of survey Psalm 119 with you. I did all the work. You can just kind of take the notes. I want you to see how to pray about your Bible reading. That's what I want you to see today. I, you, you know that uh, um, next week, I'm, oh, you think I'm standing on it today about reading God's word. Just show up next week, okay? <laughs> but let me show you about praying about reading God's word and how we should pray. Pray that God would teach us his word. Psalm 119 verse 12, just the second half. 
teach me your statutes. When was, again, the last time you prayed and you said, Lord God, teach me your statutes. I mean, we love Francis Chan to teach us and Andy Stanley and Craig Rochelle and all these great authors and speakers and communicators. You don't even, I mean, I cannot compete with that. There are brilliant authors out there all the time, and we're, we're constantly leaning on them to help us be insightful and teach us some stuff about God's Word. When's the last time you just sat down with God in your Bible and said, Lord, teach me your statutes. Teach them to me, please. I mean, if you do a little survey, verse 36, 64, 66, 68, 135, if you go through this huge old chapter, the longest chapter in the Bible, He's constantly praying, teach me, God, would you teach us your word, right? True learning of God's word is only possible if God himself becomes the teacher in and through all the other ways of teaching. Here's the next one. Pray that God would not hide his word from us. What is he saying? Don't hide your commandments from me. The Bible warns, really, of the dreadful judgment of the word of God being taken from us. You can go to Amos chapter 8 and just read the book of Amos. But, you know, I'll just say it like this. You ever got, maybe maybe you've had this thing that goes on in your heart where you feel like God is knocking on your heart and just, he's just kind of got, you get this, I don't know, sometimes it's a sick feeling. And God is, that's the Holy Spirit of God knocking on our hearts saying, hey, hey, I am after you. I want you this. He's speaking to you. He's convicting you. You know, there's no promise that when he does that, he'll just come back around and do that again that I can find when he's knocking on your heart and say, I want you. It's along those lines. Pray that God wouldn't hide his word from you. Reveal it, God. Give it to me. Show me your commandments. We avoid them all the time. Um, How about this? Pray that God would help us understand and give us insight into his word. It's another prayer, right? Verse 27. Help me to understand what your precepts mean. I need it all the time. I have to be on my knees about this. He goes all the way through verse 34, 73, 144, 169. Help me understand Have you, when you sit down with God's word, do you say, Lord God, help me understand this. Help me see this. Help me understand this. Ask God to cause us to understand. To do, by the way, whatever he needs to do to get us to understand his word. I was praying not that long ago. Someone was saying, oh, this is such a terrible situation. And this person, and they've done so many awful things. And it's just, I can't believe it. And uh, we got to pray for them, and they, and, they, and they were praying. And when I started praying, I said, Lord God, make this person miserable until they come to their senses. And they stopped, and they went, oh, I could hear them. I'm like, well, I feel like it's time to pray, Lord, whatever it takes to get them to understand. Do, do you ever feel like, though, you need that? Lord, do whatever it takes to help me understand this. That's that's kind of a radical prayer. Here's another one. Pray that God would give our hearts desire for his word. In verse 36, he says, give me a desire for your rules rather than for wealth gained unjustly. Some people are all about the rules and some people are not. 
So some of you, this might be an easier one, and some of you might be like, oh, man. We, we tend to, you know, want the shortcut in the easy way. That's all he's kind of saying, Lord, give me a desire for these things, please. And the great problem with this is not primarily our reason, but our will. It's our will that kind of gives rebellious, right? It's not our nature to read and meditate and memorize God's word. So we've, we've got to pray for God to give it our hearts and our wills, the desire to do what his word says. Here's another way to pray. Pray that God would give us the energy to keep his word. He says in verse 88, revive me with your loyal love that I might keep the rules you've revealed. And, and also in verse 154, right? He's aware, God is aware that we need motivation and energy to give ourselves to the word and obey it. And the psalmist is really aware of this, so he asks God for this basic need. That's a great way to pray. How about this? Pray that God would direct our steps by his word. Verse 133, direct my steps by your word. Don't let any sin dominate me. Because we know that that gets us off track, right? We are dependent on God not only for understanding and real life, but for the performance of the word that it would direct our lives, that it would guide our lives chart our lives. We can't do this on our own. The next one is pray um, that God would come looking for us when we wander from his word. We drift easy. I drift. Have you ever prayed like the psalmist in verse 176? I have wandered off like a lost sheep. Come looking for your servant. He knows he's going to. He knows he has. I know I will. Lord God, come and get me, please. Come get me when I wander. It's remarkable that this godly man who writes this psalm, he, does, he ends the whole thing with a confession of sin and the need for God to come after him and bring him back. I think we need to pray like this habitually. God has assigned prayer as the way our eyes will be opened to his word. God has assigned prayer as the way our eyes will be opened to his word. And so as we kind of wrap up the summer and kind of launch into the new school year, I want us to be pure and loving and radically committed to God's purposes in veil. And in the church, and in Tucson, and our nation, and our globe, we, we've got to be people who deeply value the word of God in our hearts. But more than that, we should be people who know our desperate condition apart from God. We must understand that he has assigned prayers a way as the way our eyes will be opened to all of this truth, this marvelous rich truth in his word that changes us and transforms us. The psalmist was profoundly serious 
with his prayers. Just read them for yourself. How serious should we be about prayer regarding God's word in our hearts and understanding it? Well, I told you. He's profoundly serious. How do I know? Psalm 119, verse 147. Look at this. I am up before dawn crying for help. (laughs) I find hope in your word. I am up before dawn. Isn't that amazing? One of the hardest things in the world for people is getting up early. Until you get old for some reason, then you're like (laughs) up and you don't want to be up. So the older I get, I'm up and I don't want to be up. So, you know what, I'm like, hey, this is convenient. I'm going to pray. And then you know what happens. I get tired. (laughs) It's a battle. It's a battle. But look what he says. It It is a top priority in his life, is it not? I'm up before dawn crying for help. He gets up early. It's his first priority. Would you make it your first priority? That's the red dot in the middle of the target for me. Would you make it your priority? I think it'll change you and change your family in marvelous ways because that's where all the truth is, right there in God's word that changes us and transforms us. Father, thank you for this brilliant psalm. We know it's directly from you. Even though you're using a person, it's, it's you. All your instructions are here. I'm praying, God, that you would truly open our eyes so we can truly see all these un- unbelievable things in your word. All the instructions, all the teachings. Uh, that's, that's who we really need to be. That's who you've designed us to be. That's who we want to be. We desperately need your help, Lord. So we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Vail Christian Church Podcast. If you have any questions, would like more information about our church, or would like to see the video cast of this message, please visit our website at www.vailchristian.com.